Hello and welcome back to another episode of Being with me, your girl, your homie, your bestie, your friend, your sis, Ayavola Deborah. We are on episode three of season two. I am going to try as much as I can to be as consistent as possible because a few people have been pulling me up on my lack of consistency when it comes to this podcast and I've been feeling a little bit attacked, I'm not going to lie, but it's because y'all be speaking the truth. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to be consistent with it. So I'm hitting you with another episode. Um, But yeah, what's popping? What's cracking? What it do? What it be? What's it been? What's it going to be? Make sure you fill me in. Hit me up on all of my social medias. It's Ayabola Deborah on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Reach out to your girl and I will be sure to reach back out to you. Um, So I hope you guys are doing good. I hope after listening to the last episode, you're feeling encouraged, you're feeling motivated, you're feeling like you got 2020 in the bag. I certainly feel like I got 2020 in the bag. I mean, it's literally been one thing after the other. But when I reflect, I feel like I have so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for, so much to be excited about, so much to look forward to. And as these things happen, I would definitely be sharing because we are all on this journey together. And it's my honest heart's truest and deepest desire to see everybody win. I was literally just thinking about a friend of mine before I hit record. And I was thinking to myself how much I want him to win. Um, And I know he's going to win. He just needs to step on it but anyway so on today's episode I am finally 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 gonna be talking about being single I'm gonna talk about relationships um and the disparity in our culture and in society between um being single and being in a relationship or being married um and the treatment of those two to three groups of people and how it um how it affects um those groups so this is um part one of two um and the title is i guess my wedding ashobi colors now for those of you who don't know ashobi is a yoruba um term they're two yoruba words and it 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 relates to um the clothes that family and friends wear at an occasion. So for example, if it's um, a wedding, um, if it's a Yoruba wedding, you will usually find that the family um, and the close friends of the bride, they um, kind of pick a material, a fabric, um, and they all wear the same thing, but everybody has it done in different styles. Um, that is a culture, as far as I'm aware, please feel free to correct me. That's a culture that started um, in the Yoruba um, tribe, the Yoruba group of people in the uh, west coast of Africa and Nigeria. Um, but it seems to be something that has now spread um, to other um, countries uh, within Africa and within the diaspora as well. Um, like I said, please correct me if I'm wrong, if I haven't um, explained that properly or if the origins are completely different to what I've just explained. Um but Ashobi, that's what Ashobi stands for. Now, personally, I don't do Ashobi anymore. I don't, um, because I, I don't do it. So let me explain how it happens. So like I said, the example is, say someone's getting married, they would choose a material or fabric that they want their family and close friends to wear. And what they then do is they buy this in bulk and then they sell to their friends, right? And their friends have to pay X amount of money to buy the material. Um, and then I guess 
even more money to have the material made. Now, if you live in London, you know there is a shortage of tailors or seamstresses that are really, really good at what they do. And I don't know if it's just, maybe it's not just in London, actually. Maybe it's a worldwide thing where, you know, seamstresses and tailors, they would, you show them what you want and they're like, yeah, 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 I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And then when you get it, what you ordered and what you got are two completely different things and there's no way of saving it. There was a time where um, I almost didn't attend a wedding because the tailor had messed up my dress so badly. Um, but fortunately, fortunately for me, there was a snowstorm, so I got stuck in uni, so I couldn't attend that wedding anyway. Um, but if I had attended the wedding, the material that I had paid for, bought and paid for and then paid to have made, um, I wouldn't have been able to wear it because it was so bad. Um, but yeah, that's, um, where this kind of title comes from. I hope all of that makes sense. So because I'm going to split this episode into two, the first thing I'm going to talk about is being single. Then I'm going to talk about relationships and how the two things kind of collide together. Now for me, the reason I don't do Ashobi is because I feel like it's very expensive. It's just unnecessary. And um, I mean, it's a beautiful, the thought behind it is beautiful. But when it comes to like implementing it and actually doing it, for me, I just don't think it's the best use of my funds, really. Because I like to, I like to keep my coins, you know. I'm frugal franny. I don't like to spend money anyhow. Um, I think twice before I spend money. Um and I have some financial goals that more recently I'm being even more strict about. So I'm just not doing anything that will require me to spend money anyhow. If you want me to attend your wedding as a guest and you genuinely want me to be there, allow me to make a decision as to whether or not I want to buy this material and have it made. Or if I just want to wear something I have or if I want to buy something that I know that I will one, be comfortable in that will fit me correctly and is something that I'll be able to wear at least more than once, um, which isn't the case with Ashobi more often than not. So um, the reason I mentioned this is because how this topic for me came about in terms of singlehood, it came about in 2000 and I want to say 2013, 14, 2015, maybe, um, even up to maybe 2016, I had a lot of friends who were getting married, right? And these were my friends' friends. And, you know, a lot of these friends had Ashobi as, you know, one of the things that they wanted their friends and family to wear. So I was out here spending a coin on buying fabric and going to tailors who would mess up the clothes that... Um, I'd, you know, the material that I'd given to them or mess up the designs that I'd given to them. There was one tailor in particular. I mean, she really did me dirty because I brought her a lot of business. I gave her this black sequin fabric and I said, this is what I want. I just wanted a wrap dress, but I wanted a long one because I, I was going to be singing at an event and it was a banquet. And so they wanted us to be, you know, evening wear. So I had this long black sequin gown in mind Y'all, when I went to collect it, this woman had put a feather bow around the dress, the collar of the dress. She was like, um, I just wanted to dress it up for you. And she said it in Yoruba, which made it even worse for me. I just, I just, I was so upset, but I couldn't say anything because, you know, Nigerians and respect and all of that jazz. Um, but yeah, around this time, <laughs> I said all of that to say, around this time, a lot of my friends were getting married. And so I was spending a lot of money on Ashobi and stuff like that. Um, and 
I was attending all of these events. So whether it was like, um, you know, bridal showers, hen nights, um, and then the actual wedding, the traditional wedding and then the church wedding, there was a lot of things going on. And what happened was that these events often ended or led to invasive and often embarrassing intrusions into my private life and the status or non-status of my relationship. Um, I had um, my peers, um, people older than me, even people younger than me coming up to me and being like, you know, when is it your turn? When are we going to celebrate you? What's going on? What's happening? And I just felt like I am being pressured and I am being cornered and I am being um, picked on in a sense um, because I haven't either been um, open or public about the fact that I'm in a relationship or not in a relationship or because I wasn't it wasn't a focus of mine. I didn't I didn't kind of put it out there that this is what I wanted or this is where I wanted to go. And what I found was, number one, I'm not the only person who feels that way. There are a lot of people that feel that way, but especially women feel that way. But I'll come to gender disparity um, later on. Um, but there is a lot of pressure on singles. And what I did was at the time, I think I had a blog. I've mentioned this blog several times. And I wrote a blog that was um, particularly for um, people who um, felt like they didn't have a way of expressing how they how how they really felt about or what they thought about being constantly questioned and pressured and you know uh having their the status of their relationship or non-status of their relationship being um intruded upon um and so i wrote this uh blog post and i put five quick reasons why um, constantly asking single people questions about their their status, um, about what they want to do, um, is a problem. Um, so I'm going to share those five things with you. So number one, it perpetuates the idea that something is wrong. Um, and that's the reason why you haven't found anyone to be with. Um, and how does that how does that happen? It happens when people say stuff like, oh, you're a great catch. Why hasn't anyone snapped you up? I'm sorry. I didn't know I was salmon. I didn't know I was catfish that people are fishing for. I didn't know that um, I'm something to be caught and something to be snapped up. Um, and, you know, like saying things like that. And I, 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 I must say, I do think that most of the time, a lot of these questions um, are well-intentioned, but the approach is all wrong. Um, and I'm going to get to um, some of some of the reasons why um, these things um, aren't right. But, you know, it, it, it often does. The questions that you get asked, they often perpetuate the idea that, you know, something is wrong with you. I remember um, there was um, a girl I went to school with um, and um, me and her were really good friends. Um, I was uh, in her wedding um, singing, of course, because, you know, that's all they asked me to do. <laughs> I was singing in her wedding and we were friends, you know, she'd had a child and everything. And um, I think we were at her son's first birthday and um, her best friend um, also happened to go to the same school as as um, as me. And she was there with her partner who I knew 
um, from being a nonsense boy when we were in school. Um, but there was a whole group of us there, different from different places, but we were all there. And she had the, she came up to me and me and her didn't have a relationship like that. We were only cool because we would often run into each other because of this mutual friend that we had. And this girl had the audacity to say to me, so why go on, why go on for the man them, Debs? What's going on? Why, you know? And I said, you can ask the man them because I ain't man them. And I walked away from her. Um, I was offended that she felt comfortable enough to ask me that kind of question. Um, and then second of all, I was I was unnerved by the fact that, you know, there was a suggestion that something was wrong because I was not in a relationship or because she did not know the status of my relationship. Constantly asking single people why they are not in a relationship or what's going on or what's happening in many ways suggests very subtly but repeatedly suggests the idea that something is wrong and that's not fair because I think there's this just general assumption that um every single person is actively searching or is in near desperation searching for a relationship or marriage and that was my second point by constantly asking that question or those types of questions, it pushes the idea that every single person is actively searching or actively wants to be in a relationship when actually I know many, many, many single people, including myself, who are not actively searching for a relationship. They're okay without it. That's not to say that they don't they don't want one, that they never want one, but as they are, they are comfortable and whole and complete in themselves as they are without being in a relationship and constantly asking these questions suggests that you should be if you're not what are you doing you know I remember once I had a conversation with my dad now I love my dad and um I really think he's a cool cat but his <laughs> my father is very traditional right very very traditional in every sense of the word I can't emphasize that enough he's very very traditional in contrast to my mom who is um quite liberal actually um she still has some of the traditional elements but she's a lot more liberal um in her thinking and in her ideology I was um we were driving in the car one day and my I don't know how we even got to this topic um and my dad says to me Ayabala I'm not gonna lie I'm desperately worried Hmm. Hmm. I I had to pause, right? And every time I think about it, I pause because what then rises up on the inside of me to say is just not the kind of thing you want to say to your dad. You know? I'm like, dude, why are you desperately worried? What have you got to be desperately worried about? Shouldn't you be desperately happy, happy, desperately joyful that you have a daughter who is sane, who is well, who is happy, who is um, working, who is actively working towards reaching her goals, who has peace of mind about who she is. She's comfortable and confident in who she is, who's actually working on herself to be better so that when the time does come, she's in a good space. Shouldn't you be happy about that? Shouldn't you be desperately happy about that? Why are you desperately worried that I'm not married? Why are you desperately worried that I haven't told you that I'm dating someone or I'm seeing someone? And I understand that my dad's intentions were good when he said that, um, but he actually re represents a lot of people and not just the older generation, um, but our generation too. And that's I, a lot of that, you know, is heavily attributed to the culture and the society we live in. A lot of that is also attributed to social media. Um, 
it's it's part of the reason why people feel as though there must be something wrong you must be seeking something um if you're not if you're seeking another person or seeking a relationship if you're not in one and it's just it is all a bit of a mess you know let's not lie let's not kid ourselves it is a bit of a mess and it is very very damaging the third reason um, why I think it's a problem when you're constantly being questioned and pressed um, about, you know, your your relationship and being in a relationship is that it often suggests that an individual is not whole or complete without another person. Now, I don't know about you lot. Yeah, I don't know what you lot think or what you lot read. But my Bible tells me that I am whole and complete in Jesus, not in Dotton. <laughs> You know, um, it it doesn't tell me that I need another person to complete me. I'm not completed by another person. Other people should add to my life. They should add to what I already have. They should increase the happiness, but they should not be the source of happiness. Nobody, absolutely not a single person on this earth is responsible for your happiness, but you. That is a choice that you have to make for yourself. Now, constantly asking me questions about whether or not I'm in a in, in another relation, I'm in a relationship, or why I'm not in a relationship, or attributing a glow that I have, attributing me looking extra special, extra beautiful to me being in a relationship, suggests that I'm not enough on my own, and that's a lie. That is a lie that is 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 destroying a lot of people because they're being fed this lie from quite early on, and what ends up happening is that they end up hmm, they end up being forced into situations or circumstances that they later come to regret, and that's my fourth point: the pressure, the immense amount of pressure that is placed on single people has forced them into situations that they've come to regret. So that's like bad breakups, toxic relationships, divorce, broken homes with with children involved. And it just, it's all of these things that it's like we don't realise the weight of the effect and the impact that the words that we say to other people are having. It is so important to watch what you say. In the same way recently, we've we've um there's been a lot of talk about not asking um a woman um when she's gonna have a baby or when she's gonna have another baby because you one in four women will suffer a miscarriage in their lifetime. And that statistic is disgustingly high because that suggests that we all know more than one woman who has had a miscarriage, even if she's never she's never shared that with you. Right. So if we are aware that asking some you know, questions like that is, you know, is dangerous, it's, it could be potentially really hurtful. Why is the same principle not applied to single people? Why do you feel like you have the right to ask them that question and to continuously put pressure on them by suggesting that they should want that want a relationship? They should want to be married, especially, um, you know, by a given age as determined by you or by culture or society. Why do we feel like that's OK? Because what we don't realize that we're doing is that we're pushing people to do things that they shouldn't need to do that they shouldn't have to do and you know there's always going to be the counter argument of yeah you know you're you're independent you're grown you should be able to make decisions for yourself yeah it's easy to say that unless you're in that situation where your environment is surrounded by people who are constantly suggesting that you should be something that you're you're not nobody knows what is going on in the mind of a single person 
You don't know what that person's thinking. You don't know what that person has been through. You don't know what that person has experienced that has gotten them to the stage where they um, have either made a decision that they're not yet ready to be in a relationship or it just hasn't happened for them yet. We have to be so, 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 so careful about how we address single people. And, you know, there's a, a side note, right? And I've never actually heard this before, um, but it's something I think about often. Nobody talks enough about or talks about how difficult it is um, for a single person who is surrounded by people who are in relationships or who are married and they're the only one. Like, for example, say, um, Andrea, right? Andrea um, has five uh, friends, best friends, six of them. They're really super, super, super tight. Four of them are married. One of them is engaged. And, and Andrea is the single one. No one talks about how hard that can be. No one talks about how, how isolating that can be, especially when you have people, whether it's um, the people in your friendship group or, you know, extended family or family, people around you constantly asking you, why are you not in a relationship? Why are you not yet married? What's going on? You know, it's just... <sighs> breathe, Deborah. breathe, breathe, breathe. My last point. And this is my favorite because you guys know I'm the president of the Mind Your Business Association of Saints. It is none of your business. Okay? None, absolutely none of your business. Especially if you do not have a relationship with that person. Let me tell you a story. I remember this was in 2013, I want to say. Um, it was the day Amy Winehouse died. I'll never forget that. Um, so, uh, one of the, um, older guys I went to, I grew up with in church, it was his wedding, right? And, um, his wedding was beautiful. Everything was great. And um, we were at the reception when we got the news that Amy Winehouse had passed away and it was really sad and everything. But, you know, it was this beautiful wedding. The food was good. The DJ was playing good music, all of that stuff. Um, and I left the table that I was at to go and sit at my mother's table just to kind of, you know, see how she was doing and everything. And on my mother's table were all these older women, some of them significantly older than my mother at the time. And they, as soon as I sat down at the table, the topic, the topic of their discussion quickly shifted onto me. Now, obviously, being in a wedding and being from a Nigerian background, girls and weddings are synonymous, right? It's just the expectation you're going to get married, you become a wife, you become a mother. That's the plan. That's the path. Let me tell you, when I sat down at this table, these women began to talk about me in my presence, knowing fully I could understand them because they were shifting in between English and Yoruba, but they knew that I could understand them even when they were speaking in Yoruba. And they began to plan my wedding for me. Um, they began to plan um, when I would get married to the point that they began arguing amongst themselves as to whether or not I would get uh, married straight after I graduated from university or whether I would um, graduate first get a job and then get married. And then they began to talk about even who would officiate the ceremony, which one of the pastors in the church would officiate the ceremony. And I sat there, you know, being the, the, the well-bred, respectful Yoruba girl that I am. I was just smiling, you know, looking down, being modish, being, being coy, but giving my mum the eye thinking, 
these women are all chatting, but none of them are invited to the wedding anyway. You know? Like, it's... It, <laughs> don't get me started. None of them are invited because I don't have a relationship with them. And so the status or non-status of my relationship was none of their business. And that's the problem. We live in such an, an era, an age of entitlement. We are so entitled, it makes me sick. For real. Like, I've gotten to the point now, after having been hurt so many times, where I don't have any expectations of anyone anymore. I only have expectations of God and myself. And that might sound bitter to those who don't understand. But the thing is, I've just come to realize that as human beings, we are all fallible. We all make mistakes. We all have flaws. We all have imperfections. And that those flaws and imperfections and all of those things can have an effect on other people. And so I've learned not to have expectations of people because I put a pressure on people to perform to a standard that I want them to perform to. And that's not fair, right? But that's a separate issue. The point I'm trying to make is that it is none of your business. The status of my relationship, whether I'm in one or not, is none of your business. If you don't know, then you don't need to know. And those who know, know. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Somebody hit me up and let me know if I'm making sense because I really feel like we need to talk about this more um, because it's it's one of those things that has become such commonplace and it, um, it makes many people, many single people feel as though they have no place in society other than for them to be... Um, you know, the the subject of social conversation and commentary, things said in jest and things said in passing. And it's wrong. It's not cool because we're supposed to live whole and complete lives as individuals. Listen, you came into this world on your own and you're going to leave on your own. And don't come to me with the semantics of, you know, twins, triplets, quads and all that kind of stuff. We come in on our own, we leave on our own, okay? That's, that's the bottom line and that's the fact that I'm trying to make and I dare anyone to challenge me on that. Yeah, I'm really like, I'm getting proper fired up even as I'm recording now, which is, whew, I need to calm down. But the point still remains. Continuously questioning single people, putting that pressure on them, um, making them feel that they are less than because they, they don't have a status attach, attached to their relationship status. They don't have a name. They don't have a title. Um, uh, constantly making them feel like they are excluded from you know, things because of their relationship status. All of those things are damaging. It's toxic behavior and it's unnecessary. It's you overstepping the mark and overstepping your boundaries by asking them questions that you have no business knowing, especially, and I need to emphasize, especially if you don't have a relationship with that person. I feel like it's different if as friends I say, say, so what's going on? Like, you know, are you dating? And like, you know, what's happening? You know, that's different because we have a relationship, right? We're friends, we're sisters, or you're my brother and, or we're like, we're really good friends. I feel like I can ask you that question, but where are you don't have a relationship with someone like that where you can be asking them, yo, and you know what? I don't blame you. I blame I blame our culture and I blame social media. Um, I blame, you know, the, um, the, the industry. I blame music. I blame everything. Um, I blame everything for the reason why we view relationships the way we do and why we feel as though being single is a negative and not a positive. I remember one time Tracy Ellis Ross, who is like amazing, by the way, she um she did an interview where she was talking about the fact that, you know, 
even even to date, despite you know how um how long she's been single for, she still gets questions about whether or not she feels fulfilled as a woman because she's not in a relationship and she's not yet she's not yet a mother or she's not a mother because there's this automatic expectation or um you know this i think expectation is the word i'm looking for but it might be another one but there's this automatic expectation that as a woman that is what she should want because that's what society wants and the same energy isn't felt for her male counterparts Ooh, did i say something i think i did why is that the case why is it that men don't get that kind of pressure in the same way that women do but listen that's that's for part two because i'm gonna talk about i'm gonna talk about uh how social media plays into all of this but this is just the introduction the 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 uh the uh intro to um my full rant on being single and being in relationships because i got a whole lot more to say but before then let me share with you a meal a juice a snack and a word it's a quote by the one and only Oprah Winfrey. Now, I know Oprah is under a lot of fire at the moment, you know, for her recent antics. But this quote makes a lot of sense. And even the birds outside, I don't know if you can hear, but the birds outside agree with me because they're, they're corking and cowing, cacaoing like something's really going on. <laughs> but here's the quote. Be thankful for what you have. You will end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. I'm going to read that again. Pay attention. Pay close attention. Be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. Now, I feel like Miss O just wrapped up everything that I've been saying real nicely. Single people, if you're listening, this is a message to you. A message to you. A message to me too. Um, be thankful for what you have. Yeah, because you have so much more. Thankful for the fact that you have your sanity, you have your mind, your peace of mind. Thankful, um, be thankful that you have a job or that even if you don't have a job, that you have the ability to look for a job. Um, be thankful for all the small things that you take for granted every single day, like a roof over your head, clothes on your back, food to eat, um, a couple coins in the bank, even if it doesn't have enough zeros behind it. I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to myself. Um, be thankful for everything because when you start to be thankful, for when you start to um, live a life of gratitude, you realize how much you have. Um, and sometimes how much you have in comparison to other people. Not that you should then begin comparing your life to others, but just that it gives you a new and wider perspective. But what happens is when you concentrate on what you don't have, when the, the your your vision is 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 made smaller by concentrating on all the negatives, then you'll find out you'll always be in want and you'll always want more than what you have. Um, so be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for your singlehood. Be thankful for the freedom. Listen, one of the best things I love about being single is that I can be as selfish as I want. I'm learning how to be selfish. And that doesn't mean that I'm selfish to the point of, um, you know, disgust and where I repel people. I don't think I'm a selfish per person when it comes to other people. But I can be selfish with myself. I can say to myself, do you know what, Deborah? I'm going to block out this whole day and I'm going to do absolutely nothing. I don't need to worry about a a another person. I can make a decision. I can book a ticket and book a flight today and say, yeah, I'm going away for three days or I'm going away for a week without having to speak to anybody about it. But when you get into a relationship, and when you get into marriage you have to consider somebody else for the rest of your life and that is a lot okay that is 
a hell of a lot so i'm appreciating what i have now and when the time comes that me mr mr forever and i make it forever cool that's another beautiful phase that i'm gonna have to be thankful for because then i'll have so much more right i hope my whole rant today has made sense this is the second time i'm recording this episode i told you guys on the last one that i recorded one and deleted it because i felt like i was chatting shit but i really really i really hope that um what i said makes sense and that it resonates with you and if it has resonated with you, reach out to me on all of my social medias. It's Ayabola Debra on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Hit me up. Let's talk about this. This is a serious thing um, and I don't think we talk about it enough. Um, part two is coming at you. Um, I'm going to put it out there into the atmosphere that part two will be out in a week's time so that, you know, I can't go back on that. So part two of my wedding Ashobi colours will be out um, next week. And I might actually tell you what my wedding Ashobi colours are. You never know. You have to listen, listen, um, tune in and find out. Um, but yeah, until next time, laters. <laughs>